Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Technology and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, uh, Phil Smith Analyst, and joining me this week is David Scriven, our Head of Institutional Sales. Uh, Andrew is away on holiday. So, David, how have you been faring during all this hot weather? Very well, thank you very much indeed. Um, and I'm just back from holiday. And for Mamma Mia fans, I went to Skopelos, but that's a discussion for another time. Oh, excellent. Well, pleased to hear you've had a good break and you've come back from one hot place to another that's been very, very warm. Uh, and very apt for us to be talking about uh, transitional energy and renewable energy. Um, and I was watching during the week uh, what was happening on the grid and generation, and particularly, you know, Monday and uh, Tuesday when temperatures were peaking. Uh, and interesting to see that solar kind of power generation peaked at about 2.8 gigawatts. And to put things into perspective today, obviously, it's a bit cooler. Um, and there's 31.5 gigawatts being generated on the grid. Uh, very little solar because it's cloudy. Um, wind is at 11%, nuclear 15%, and gas 54% of generation. So you can see how things vary there in terms of generation um, and also the effect of grid stability. And we talked an awful lot about the theme of why we need uh, energy storage technology to back up all these renewables on the grid because of the intermittency. Um, and there's a quick report this week, uh, not a quick report, but uh, there was a big report this week from um, the National Grid, and it's called National Grid's Future Energy Scenarios Report. And they say that the UK will need to have 50 gigawatts of energy storage by 2050. And this includes um, pumped hydro, particularly batteries, which we talk a lot about this podcast, uh, and air-based compressed air solutions. And this is for balancing the grid for short-term uh, power supply and, and very quick, quick time power supply. And in terms of playing the space, you know, we, we've mentioned some of the, you know, obviously Infinity, our battery technology client we look after, but uh, also some of the funds involved. Uh, JLEN, John Lane Environmental, that's J-L-E-N, Gresham House and Gore Street Energy, particularly on batteries. So, so there, really interesting report. If you get time to read it. Uh, moving on quickly is Johnson Mathy. Uh, ticker is JMAT, uh, and it's 3.3 billion market cap. Uh, and Johnson Math, of course, produce uh, catalyst technologies, and those catalysts are used in the automotive industry very widely, but also in chemical and energy industries, uh, and particularly for hydrogen technology. And Johnson Math uh, has said that they're, they're going to build an 80 million pound gigafactory in Royston, UK, to scale up hydrogen fuel cell components. Um, so they've moved, recently moved down the battery space, David, and they're moving more into hydrogen, uh, as we can see here. One of the companies we like is uh, in the space is James Cropper. Ticker is CRPR. They're a specialist uh, in technical fibres, uh, where we want them for making highly specialised papers, but they make fibres for aerospace components, but particularly uh, they make uh, fibres for gas diffusion layer membranes in fuel cells, and they supply 50% of the fuel cell industry. So there we are. So a bit, bit more activity um, on hydrogen there, David. And then just quickly, um, the UK government has announced a programme funding low-carbon aerospace uh, and so this is joint government uh, industry funding uh, and some of the projects they're looking at there is uh, advanced aerospace solar power, for instance. Um, and then there's work being led by uh, Yasa Motors, who we discussed before, 
and this is like looking at high power and high torque electric motors and they're going to provide so there's 155 million pounds for that and 106 million um for other projects in particularly hydrogen uh powered electric aircraft so there there so quite a bit going on um we mentioned uh last week the us uh results that are all now coming out uh always helps give a give a wider picture of what's happening in the us markets uh you know particularly in tech and david i know that you have been looking at some of the uh, some of the results that have been coming through i have indeed sir now a key difference from when we last did the podcast together is that the market technicals have now improved in the sense that we now have buy signals of the 50-day moving averages for example amazon alphabet and a large number of others but also netflix and in netflix's case they lost less customers in part due to stranger things and i'm kind of not surprised by that because my daughter and i are absolutely addicted to it but we do note that the next series is not until 2024 uh, likewise, on the technicals, the SOX is behaving like that too, giving us a buy signal. Now, ASML reported yesterday and cut revenue guidance in the half for this year because of fast tracking shipping of its shipmaking machines led to a delay in sales recognition. But demand is still very robust, particularly in automotive. And there's still plenty of structural growth, I believe, in lithography. Uh, Phil, maybe you could uh, make a little quick comment on TSMC if you if you wish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but firstly, I mean ASM, ASML uh, is watched very closely by the silicon chip industry. They are a uh, huge equipment uh, provider to one of the critical steps in making chips, which is photolithography. Um, and of course, one of the users of their equipment will be one of the world's largest uh, chip makers, and that's Taiwan's TSMC who do what's called foundry manufacturing, they're making chips for lots of different companies. Um, and they, uh, you know, one of their bigger customers is uh, is Apple. Uh, and they came out with second quarter results showing revenue up 36.6% year on year to $18 billion. Um, and what they said is, and we always look about what, what's happening in the end markets there because it gives us a feel for, you know, the, the economy's impact on, on demand. And they're saying that they're still seeing very high demand, uh, excuse me, high demand uh, for data centers in particular. So this is all of the cloud, cloud computing, uh, but also for electric vehicles. And of course, what the market was really glued onto is like, what are they saying about their outlook? And they see their third quarter revenue um, up to uh, 19.8 billion to 20.6 billion from just under 15 billion dollars um, a year ago. So, so yeah, strong demand, uh, very much continuing there, David. So, you know, hopefully, if this does continue, as trend continues, it starts to underpin um, share prices a little bit more going forward. Yeah, I think I buy into that. No, very encouraging trends for the medium long term, I think. So um, if I can just make a couple of quick comments on Herald and Tesla and then hand back to you, um, I will do so. But I could just look at Herald because they came out with their half year report. I don't want to go into all the details, but just highlight a few things that caught my eye, namely that, namely along the lines of their portfolio comments. I one key thing was they're reducing their exposure to consumer facing businesses. Um, because of their perception of the weakness in the consumer going ahead. And they highlighted the 
that defence equipment was a bright spot. And they also highlighted that um, and uh, quite a number of bid approaches to companies in their portfolio have come from private equity and a lot of these have been cash interestingly compared to shares where that has been the case in say other downturns in uh, technology markets now Herald have got a lot of cash if you include short dated gilts it's somewhere in the region of 114 million so they're in a really robust position and uh, can buy back shares in the fund. So I think they're cautiously optimistic and see buying opportunities. That's um, that's rather interesting, I think. And then in Tesla, uh, they were up on good results, the Q2 beat, and they maintained production forecasts of 50% delivery growth target um, for the foreseeable future. Now that means in the second half, that they'd have to sell 835,000 cars. Now, also in the results, uh, they managed to put through price increases, which helped somewhat in offsetting the challenges of the Chinese lockdown. And interestingly, they sold 75% of their Bitcoin investments in a crypto U-turn. So uh, those are the quick things I wanted to mention. Maybe um, you would kindly like to chat about Dark Trace. Yeah, I will. Actually, just quick, quickly before I get on to, uh, to Dark Trace, Herald, of course, is, is uh, one of our... Uh, bigger UK-based uh, technology funds, um, and uh, yeah, very, very well widely followed um, as, as as such, and and invested in. So it's always Herald is always one that's uh, well worth tracking and taking a closer look at, and particularly in what they say, as you have you said today, David. Um, yeah, moving on to uh, news directly on companies this week in the UK in tech, uh, Dark Trace. One that we've uh, we certainly mentioned before. The ticker is dark. It's 2.5 billion market cap. It's one of our biggest cyber security companies, and of course, that's very much an area um, that is receiving a lot of attention and investment. At the reason for uh, at the moment for all sorts of reasons, including uh, geopolitical and otherwise. So, so dark trace. Um, they had a. They're expecting their full year revenue to be at least 417 million dollars up 48% year on year. Um, and the company has raised its revenue outlook three times in the last few months. Really strong and impressive growth. Also in focus for investors is the profit margins and it's raised its four year profit margin forecast uh, to 19.5% and it's citing very steady consumer growth. So real good structural growth demand here in cybersecurity, and they're benefiting from this. Um, and they've cited uh, geopolitics and cyber attacks. Uh, they have also said that, uh, you know, given the growth that uh, they're expecting uh, EBITDA margins of 15%, 17%. Uh, that's all good news. One new company. Uh, they've got the customers including McLaren and Hauser-Busch, the brewery group. One of the clients, 7,400 customers uh, now. Really, really impressive. So, uh, yeah, good, good set of numbers there from Dark Trace. Uh, that's in cybersecurity, very hot area. And another one is defense, as you've already mentioned. Uh, kinetic, and this is spelt just so if you're looking it up as an investor, it's Q I N E T I Q, and ticker is QQ. 
2.2 billion market cap and the shares in kinetic and this is one that we just andrew and i were looking at defense uh, a couple of months ago uh, this was one that we were looking at on our radar and the shares are up 33 percent now over six months um, and kinetic is a is a real defense you know technology business uh, and they focus on things like for instance uh, robotics and they're working there with completing uh, production contract on robotic systems for the U.S. Army. They're working on the Bradley uh, electric vehicle. Uh, no, it's a hybrid electric vehicle, but the Bradley fighting vehicle, of course, is one of the. Uh, it's a very large U.S. Uh, U.S. project, and they're working with the um, with the MOD, of course, and that's on um, equipment and uh, so it's called the Engineering Delivery Partnership for Defense Equipment and Support, and they've they cited. Uh, in terms of their trading, that they've made a really good start to their fiscal uh, 2023, and that their order intake has remained strong, and that uh, their revenue and profit and cash are in line with expectations. So that's you know that's that's um, that's looking really really interesting. So uh, well done to Kinetic. Uh, moving away from defence. Uh, and getting back on to uh, more onto the internet is Centralnic, uh, particularly Scenic, uh, 370 million market cap. And this is an interesting one. It's trading, so they've had interims. It's on, in terms of valuation, David, this is on the EVNR multiple of 0.9 times, the PE of just 10 times. So it's low, low, yeah, exactly. Low <laughs> rating. Low rating is Centralnic. Uh, what do they do? They provide, they're very well known for providing domain names to businesses. Uh, for web, supporting websites, they have email related technology, but this is all about brand protection and an IP, of course, which your domain names form part of that. So quickly, their interims, um, they reported sales revenues of $333 million, uh, or 335 million, that was up 92% um, from the prior period. So very strong growth, but I just need to, you know, we're not looking in detail to see if there have been any acquisitions made during the period to support it. Uh, but this filtered through very nicely to profits, which is something that we look at. Uh, and their first half adjusted EBITDA uh, was $38 million, and that was up 85%. Oh, here we go. Organic revenue growth was up 62%. Goodness gracious me, that is really, really good. Uh, and they got uh, they closed the end of June with gross cash of $94 million, and their net debt was down to $65 million, and that's down 20%. So then and, and then something we love to see is that the borders confidence group will be at the upper end of market expectations uh so yeah super set of results there absolutely and i've recently seen another broker's uh, valuations for this sector and, and this looks stunningly cheap relative mm -hmm. so there we go so de yeah definitely want to have a look at uh, another one in terms of valuations that is looking very cheap, but we'll talk more a bit about about this is Sumero Enterprises. We've discussed this one before, David. Uh, ticker is SOM. Market cap is 200 million. EVNR multiple of 1.7 times and an EVE bit of just seven uh, seven times. So um, this was mentioned uh, in the Telegraph this week as well. They were they were highlighting results from Sumero. What do they do? They are US based and they produce equipment, uh, laser guided equipment that is used to lay concrete floors in big buildings. 
um and particularly you know if you think all that e-commerce that's going on all those big hub sites being built all got concrete floors uh the ones that uh you know are operating with robotics running running all over the place they need very uh, you know very very level uh, concrete floors and their equipment helps to lay those concrete floors so the cell end equipment uh, and also they uh, they service the, the their end equipment as well um, and they have said in terms of their first half trading that North America is very strong increasing from first half 21 uh, and they've got backlogs extending one into 2023 that's very encouraging if you've got lot if they've got nice long order books um, and they said the European market was active during first half of 22 on non-residential construction. Uh, so that's pretty good. But they did cite something, David, you know, we look at supply chains and they said that um, trading in Europe was down compared with first half 21 due to logistics challenges and delayed uh, shipping of machinery. Um, but they're seeing catch up on those delays. So that's all recovering and uh, that results are likely to fall in line with market expectations so so a low valuation uh bearing in mind there's exposure to the construction sector there um and always you know during during tougher economic times there's sort of you know you know questioning as to how that might perform because construction spend could come off but at the same time there's also in this structural growth in the growth in e-commerce and the expansion of hub sites so so yeah, maybe on a lower rating for reason of concerns over construction markets, but well worth looking at because the structural growth, uh, as I say, in things like, uh, you know, big shares and e-commerce uh, related construction there. So it, it could well be, a, you know, a lower point to buy in at the shares. And you get a divvy. Well, there we go. Uh, something that we that we very much uh, we very much like. And thank you. Just to finally, I think, end on from uh from me is uh one spatial and uh, the ticker for this is spa uh market caps 51 million um evnr is uh, 1.7 times for low rate ev ebitda of just 10 times and this is these are low ratings here for this tech company it's uh, broadly held by institutions what do they do they produce uh, software Called location uh, master data management software and solutions. This is all about what's in the ground, what's buried under the ground, where all the pipe work is, you know, where rail infrastructure may be, trackside, geographically where kit is located. Um, and all of this is of great interest, particularly to telecommunications networks who do lots of digging up the ground, constructing their networks and planning them. And their software aids the, the uh, construction, deployment, operation and maintenance of telco networks uh, using their, um, this is a GIS, a GIS platform. So it's a satellite location related software. Anyway, the good news is they've announced a nice contract this week. Um, and they said that uh, it's a five year contract with a major European aerospace company uh, following competitive tender. This is for software licenses implementation. There'll be recurring revenues with that. And they're expecting uh, three million euros um, over the five year period. So good bit of news there for one spatial on a very interesting low rating um, and one that we think is worth a further look at and there we go so that's so i think you know it's interesting to see some nice positive news uh coming through 
Uh, as always, David, you know, we all take a lot of time looking for it so that we can deliver uh, deliver these podcasts. So I don't know, David, you got anything else to add this week? No, I just think, um, you know, it, it just feels a little bit more positive than uh, when we last spoke. I mean, last time it was it was quite tough, you know, with everything going kind of kind of down in one direction. But now, you know, getting some, you know, I feel a bit more positive, a bit more buoyed by some of the things we've chatted about looking at the market. Well, that's been a sunny week and that is a lovely sunny note to end on. Uh, as always, we invite our listeners to write in with uh, any ideas, anything we may have missed, or uh, things you'd like us, you know, obviously companies you'd like us to mention. And um, we look forward very much to chatting again uh, with you all next week. Thank you. Bye-bye, David.